Welcome back to the Deep AIX podcast. This is podcast number 13. Today we're talking about reading. Um, so I'm here with Andres, my business partner, and we we have a you know a daily process where we read every morning and we have a set of books that we're kind of working through our own kind of lists that we put together. And I thought it would be useful to talk about what we do, uh, what would be useful for other people, and then also talk about actual books uh, that would be important for people to read. So um, first things first, like, Andres, when did you first make this a, a discipline? Obviously, you've always been curious, but when did you really start to read a lot? I don't know whether I really uh, had a specific point in time um, when I started reading a lot. I think maybe when I started like getting like a little bit older, like maybe 16 or something, 17, sure. I started reading more like uh, like businessy type books. Well, actually, when I was younger, I, I wasn't reading a lot, but I was like reading these uh, magazines like about more like science and stuff like that. But uh, but it wasn't like reading, like I didn't really see it as some, it was more like for fun, not like, yeah. ever, like, a, like, you know, anything when you're younger, you're only doing it for fun. You're not, you're not going to the gym to stay healthy when you're 13. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like, yeah, so like that's when I was starting, I think. And natural, then, cur natural curiosity. Yeah, and then like, yeah, then it was kind of obvious after I started reading like Robert Kiyosaki and these kind of things. I don't, I didn't need anybody to really tell me that it's good to read books because when you read the first book where somebody says something that changes the way you see the world, I mean. I, I think you naturally want to read more because you're like yeah. thinking, what else am I fucking missing? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit like a hack or something. I don't know. I think so. Uh, and then Buffett and all these guys, they read like, only, they only basically read. They don't do anything else but reading. Um, or like Munger says, he doesn't know anybody who is successful who doesn't like read a lot. What define define a lot? What's a lot? How much do they read? I think they read a lot. I think they read like eight hours or so a day. That's all. That's all I think. <laughs> yeah, that puts it into perspective. Uh, yeah, our, our little hour in the morning is uh, <laughs> is one eighth of what they're reading. In a, yeah, yeah. I don't wow. know. I don't know. I, I don't know. What this, uh, I've heard that a CEO reads on average like one book a week or so. I think. Yeah, I think. I think it's a good metric. I think that's uh, Bill Bill Gates. If you look at uh, Bill's notes, I think his website is called. He talks about books on there. It's quite. It's very useful and. I think he I think he said he does about 50 a year on average so that's kind of a book a week right um, didn't he say that he does one book a day I had that in my head 
Possibly. I, I, I was reading on the notes thing. with his, it, might, it might be just his recommendations, maybe I'm wrong. But I, I think it's a good number, nonetheless, I think, to do. Uh, yeah. It's probably a bit too fast, but I I try, you know, in peaks and troughs. But, um, yeah, I, I for, for me, it was kind of the same. It was like reading this stuff after not really paying attention at high school and then, like you said, learning about subjects that, you didn't know about before or, or reading um, autobiographies from really successful entrepreneurs and hearing their story and then going, oh, oh, that stuff is possible or it is possible for people that come from that to be that successful. And then you just, like you said, it's like Pandora's box. You kind of open up and then you just want to learn more and more and mm. it doesn't really stop. Um, but I mean, having, having the discipline to do it regularly uh when did that start was that a few years ago or longer ago than that when did you start i mean we do it now as a discipline but when did you start to properly make it uh, part of your routine? i think by the way gates reads one book a week here uh, i think like buffett reads 500 pages a week i think so that's a good measure, I think, 500 pages a week or something like that. But I don't do that, I think, by the way. Um, I think I do more like one book every two weeks or so. But it's yeah, to do also it's with like your, with your stage, I think, as well. Like if you have so much shit to work through, you know. I mean, if you're a startup guy, you're just very operational. And if you're like a Fortune 500 CEO, you're very... You're very, I mean, startups make, you have to make many decisions per day. And as like Jeff Bezos, you have to make one good decision, you know, a day is probably enough. And if you're Warren Buffett, you make one good decision a year, one good investment a year or something. So anyway, I think that depends also on your stage in life, how, how many books you can read. If you're more strategic, you can read more books, I think. Uh, anyway, yeah. uh, I don't yeah. know, like discipline. I mean, many years I couldn't read books because I was studying. So it's difficult to study. Like you can't read. I was, I was reading books on the way to to the university, like on tube and stuff. I've been doing this for like. I don't know, since I'm like 18, 18 or something. But then there's obviously some, some, uh, some um, periods where you don't do it. Like periods such as exam periods or periods where you just, you know, broke up with your girlfriend and just party a lot. <laughs> You're not really... <laughs> You're not really into reading at that point in time. <laughs> You're not disciplined at that moment. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's like it's sometimes hard, it's hard to like focus then on that. But no, what I've been doing this, I mean, for a long time, I think, on and off. Like with everything, it's like the gym that you come back to it. I mean, you don't do it all the time consistently, and then you come back to it. I think. Um, yeah. That's yeah, so, some some of these things you make uh, lifetime habits, and some of them come in peaks and troughs. Uh, yeah. 
I, right. I, yeah, but I, I think now it's like sometimes I still miss days. Like now it's quite obvious, like that I have to like with the morning routine thing for me. It's important to like likewise do it. Um, but it's not. Oh, I don't manage always to read two books uh, like at the same time. Or sometimes, like, I get stuck in one book and read a little bit more and then go back to the other book. Or, or sometimes I feel like I need to write and then I read a little bit less. I think, like, as long as you keep doing it, you know, I think as long as you keep doing it, like, I think if I, if I read less than 20 books a year, it's probably a, a, not a good year. Like as in for reading, I think. Yeah, I think I think it's really important. I think it's really important. You kind of owe it to yourself to do it, and uh, or you can feel you can feel the your brain changing as you're if you if you're reading a lot and you're taking it in, like you can feel your brain changing. And when you're not, you know, because you just there's no progress. Or you're not having to go back and like I have to go back on stuff to really understand it and. Yeah, uh, and, and then it's there in your head, and you're thinking about it through the day. And um, yeah, that's yeah, true. It's, it's it's super important. So I think that's useful, right? Like it's like brushing teeth. It's the first thing, uh, basically after I get up, after I make a coffee first, I read straight away because if I if I put it off and say I'm just going to get this first bit of work done or whatever then it gets delayed and then it doesn't happen. So I, ha I have to do it first. Yeah. Um, I, I, and I actually, I mean, actually when I read stuff that I'm interested in, which I try to, to always like and only do, then I'm actually looking forward to opening the book. It's just when something drags out that I get very um, annoyed with having to do it. And then I, I just like, if I don't like the book, I'll just put it down, to be honest. Like get something else. Yeah, that's probably a smart move. I've recently been working through Vinod Koshler's uh, book recommendation list, and the last two I've been reading are about um, are about states and economies and governing, you know, governments and how to set up. Basically, how to set up uh, a society with the most long term efficiency that's most beneficial to all people involved and it's really complex to think about but like for me it's not exciting so like the last few weeks have been a bit monotonous going through the i i, I did what you yeah. said i picked up two books at the same time and that helped a lot but still i just they're just not exciting subjects so i think definitely the next one i'm gonna go for something way more interesting because i'm yeah like most people, you, you know, you can't get perfection without interest, and I, I can barely pay attention without interest. So, like, it's yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't really read this. Uh, I mean, this whole macro, like, I just feel it's too much uh, removed for me. Like all of this stuff, like I don't know, there's like Ray Dalio books on how the economy works. I just. I just don't like to think about that stuff too much. It's not too interesting for me. I, I think the I think the other issue about it is it's also it's also too broad. It's too many it's too many fields 
to think about at once. Yeah. And it's, it's like, it's like trying to, you know, bore the ocean. It's too, it's, it's too much, even for someone who's intelligent, well-read with loads of really good mental models, well-refined, like it's, 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 it's hard. It's hard. I, 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 I find this with some books, if they're that hard, like it's, it's uh, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm not smart enough, but like it's it's too it's too big a subject. I think thinking about innovation is much easier than thinking about what you just said, macro. So yeah, yeah it's probably the subject matter, but um, nevertheless, yeah. it's uh, it's been it's been useful and it's been really good um, learning about all this stuff. So I I, I think I, I don't know when it was. I think maybe April or May when we sat down and said, right, let's. If we're going to work on this AI stuff, we need to think about many disciplines and we need to think about, you know, the world and we need to think about the problems and, you know, reverse engineer backwards from there. Um, since then, I've like, I mean, yeah, a lot of books and yeah. a lot. So I think, I think that's the first thing, setting out kind of the things you want to read about, right? Um, obviously, if you're doing what we're doing and you're an entrepreneur, like, you need to understand the world, I think. So I think there's there's probably some very important things to read. Um, um, but it depends on the subject that you're, you know, talking about. I think probably someone to read is, as a as a baseline, I think is Charlie Munger. His recommendations and the things that he talks about. But I guess you know you can you can probably just read poor Charlie's almanac for that. I think. Um, yeah, he's very good, obviously. Um, yeah. Book on legs. Um, okay, so that's kind of disciplines and what we do. Um, what are you uh, – What? let's do something simple. What are you reading right now? Um, I'm reading uh, Abundance from – Peter Di- Diamandis, or whatever his name is, Diamandis. Ah, um, uh, yeah. And and I'm reading something called Fifteen Productivity Something. Fifteen Productivity Something. Can't can't think of the name right now. Uh, some productivity books that I'm reading. Um. Can't think of the name. Fifteen secrets successful people know about time management. That's what it's called. Fifteen people, what successful people? Fifteen secrets that successful people know about time management. But there is a book from some very obscure. Uh, sort of Eastern European uh, 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 economist woman that Mark Andreessen has recommended that he says together with Innovator's Dilemma is like the cornerstone of most things. And I'm, I'm looking for it now, but I can't, I can't find it. Um, well, I'll definitely, uh, I'll definitely be up for reading that. I'm, uh, I'm just finishing. Um, oh, yeah, what are you reading? Uh, I have to pull out my list because there's quite a few of them. Um, I am finishing. 
the third pillar. Uh, the third pillar. This is this is about what I was saying earlier about how uh, how markets and uh, the state are leaving communities behind. So it's it's quite a broad topic, but it's um, it's it's actually a very good book. It's just for me, it's it's not interesting. So uh, yeah. Um, the other one that I'm finishing is Loonshots. Um, Loonshots. Moon, okay. Yeah, no, not Moonshots, Loonshots. So that's another one of Vinod Koshler's recommendations. Uh, that one actually, um, I mean, it goes on a bit, but like it's actually very interesting. Um, it talks about, it talks a lot about the uh, the innovation that went on in the US kind of post-war um with regards to nasa and xerox park and i I just had i mean i i knew that there was there was key parts um of nasa and post-war that kind of led to many innovations but i i had no idea how big it really was and how how one you know uh, you know something as simple as uh gps you know that came out of kind of the nasa program was you know (laughs) we're using it now on everything we use there's there's just so many things so many things but anyway um yeah uh uh, i need i need something new because i'm very close to finishing these so i'd be uh yeah i'll look at that one yeah i'm looking i'm looking for this one but i i just can't find it um it's weird i hate it when i can't find stuff um, yeah, don't know, can't find it. Well, for all those, uh, for our long list of listeners, um, you won't have to listen to us Google. Um, um, yeah, we'll put it uh, in the, we'll put it in the to-do list. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, there's, there's not, I mean, <laughs> to know what else to say on this topic is like, um, it's it's as important, I think, to write as it is to read, because like it's like reading is sort of like easy, but like reading without writing is kind of like, I think, missing out the reflection part. It's like you need reading, and then you need real world experience, and then you need to write, because only when you write. Does it become real in some sense? So I think for me, like writing is, you know, as important um, as reading. And, and it's hard because nobody wants, uh, reading is sort of the easy thing, right? Because you just sit there and read. But like real pain is writing because then you have to put it down. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. I completely agree. I think the thing that makes the biggest difference is writing down your summary of a book, whether it's in the notes app on your phone or it's in a document, um, writing down your summary of what you learned. And I, I don't yeah. think that has to be, I don't think that has to be extensive. You know, like I've got the Moonshots book. I wrote probably a hundred 50 bullet points of the summary so it's quite long and then like there's some other books where i've got like three bullet points of the whole book so it's like whatever is most important to you write it down because 
your brain just discards things so quickly. Um, if you don't write those notes down, like you just don't remember it. And it, and it also, you don't learn it either. You know, it's, uh, yeah. I, I mean that, important. I mean that, and, and I also mean writing entire essays yeah. as in like saying like, you know, what do I know about, or what do I, what am I, like you always, like you're doing something, right? Like then writing entire essays on it. Like if you're programming, like writing and writing a, almost like a book on how to learn programming. I think it just makes it clearer because otherwise you just have these loose concepts. You're giving structure to your thoughts when you're doing that. That's what I'm, I guess I'm trying to say. Otherwise, I find it very hard to keep everything. Otherwise, you're just like, you're just consuming it and then throwing it away. Yeah, it, ha it has to be written down. It's very true. So, um, so that's, uh, and I think, I think almost nobody does it. I think. No, 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 no. I definitely know that Bill Gates does it. He writes comments in his books and probably is much better at, you know, I mean, his brain is probably better than most people's brain, so I think he probably retains the information better. Yeah, but I, I agree. The writing is very important. Um, without that, you don't really remember what you've read. Um, yeah, and this book I was talking about is called Technological Revolutions and Financial Capital, The Dynamics of Bubbles and Golden Ages by some girl called Carlotta Paris. That'll be that'll be next on my list. I was on Amazon uh, yesterday, looking at books to yeah. add to my uh, add to my thing. So that's that's good you came up with that because I couldn't find anything. I couldn't come to a decision. So um, if you get it, you need to send it to me because I couldn't find um, I couldn't find a way of downloading it without paying like $50 or something. Oh God. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, that's pretty, I think, yeah, I think it's important. <laughs> I think, uh, I think many people will listen to it and they, they will agree and then they'll like go back to their life and never do anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like most people So to summarize basically daily reading you find a time ideally right at the beginning of the day before everyone's up and you do that every day and you do better to do a little bit than nothing and try and make it consistent and then uh, write it down. But I guess the other factor that we're not considering, which we've kind of already done outside of this is figuring out what you want to read, right? You don't just read the top selling book list because that's got tons of bias and, You yeah. want to read real recommendations. So you need to find people that if it's in the tech space, it's easy, right? Because everyone in the tech space talks about their book recommendations, but you know, you've got to find, you got to make sure you're actually consuming good content. Because I think it's relatively easy to publish a book these days. Uh, there's not a, a huge barrier to entry. So as there was yeah, before. Yeah. I mean, so, I would just so you don't go want to feed your like, brain with BS, you know? Yeah, no, I would just go with, Again, same approach. What what do the best people recommend? Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. 
yeah, you 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 you, uh, you leap jump the process. Um, and I would stay maybe... out. I stay out of the topics that have lots of bias in them, right? So religion, politics, and uh, what's the other one that has loads of bias in it? What's the other subject? People say don't ever talk about. People say don't ever talk about religion, politics, and the third one. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe probably right. Um, but yeah, it's just really avoid nice those, today. <laughs> yeah, avoid, avoid those avoid those subjects uh, because yeah, bias. Otherwise, you're just filling your brain with other people's bias. You need like well. I mean, there's a, there's a few people that I would recommend. Uh, Nassim Taleb is an author. He's written like some, like, I mean, his stuff is hard to read because it's complex, but like that stuff, yeah. Um, yeah, he's good. Do you have, do you have any recommendations? Specific books I, I mean, or specific I, I, sometimes, I sometimes also it's good to read something that's like, you know, not something that you would normally read. So like, Maybe the origin of species by like Charles Darwin is yeah. something good to read. You know, like uh, um, there's like old stuff that's good to read. I think as well. Like I think it's good to read the source sometimes. I'm not a big fan of these condensed versions. Like some guy condensing everything about stoicism. I like to like go and read it from the guy who invented it because otherwise it's just an interpretation of like, you know, so maybe it's better to read Seneca than to read like some guy who summarized Seneca. I know it's harder to read, but sometimes it's better to read the original version. Like I, I like, I don't like to, I don't necessarily like reading, you know, the books, Summarizing Warren Buffett, I'd rather read his annual letter straight away. Yeah, I I, I couldn't agree more with that. I so think, like, uh... yeah, so yeah, I think like because otherwise, like, you get all these like, uh, what is it called in English? Right, coat tailing? No, what is it called? Well, that's exactly what I was. I, I wasn't going to say use that word. I was just going to say there's a lot of business interests for these books. You know, there's a lot yeah. of because you know most of the sales are coming through digital, so it's high margin, and you know it's just someone trying to make a buck. I I, I think you got to be really. I think that's the part that I was saying about being careful about what you read because you want really you don't just want things that are top sellers because that that can be influenced. You don't want things that are just five star. You want, you want them to be recommended by the best people. And I think, what did we do? We looked at Vinod Koshler, Bill Gates, um, Elon Musk, uh, the guy from Adreesen Horowitz, Mark Adreesen. Well, I think, um, I think Charlie Munger already like discussed all of this. That's why I'm probably not so excited about this topic because it's quite easy for me. I've done it so long. It's like, Charlie Munger has already like described all of this years and years and years ago with his, you know, lattice work of mental models, finding the biggest, yeah. you know, ideas and the biggest disciplines. And then you just go and read it from the original source. So if I want to read, I don't know, about relativity theory, I'm probably better off reading it from Einstein directly than from 
Hans Dickhead who like has a degree <laughs> a degree in like you know in literature from the University of Surrey and then paraphrases incorrectly and misconstrues oh concepts and no nothing against Surrey and nothing against Hans Dickhead but Warren Buffett and these guys they choose words in a, and structures and sentences in a specific way and so I want to get it directly from them and like I, you know like I, I'm not so much a big fan actually of all of these biographies like the last biography I think I read was on Steve Jobs I think I just I hate these 500 page biographies written by some guy like a much better biography is like the autobiography of Benjamin Graham like yeah it, yeah. Autobiographies are like, I don't like biographies. Some guy interpreting the life of some other guy. I don't think people, you know what I mean? Like then, then it gets this Hollywood twist. I mean, I guess that's what you're talking about. Like some guy blowing up a story that wasn't really the way it was. And then like, you know, uh, and then like construing it, making it sound better or more glamorous or something. So I, all of this stuff, like, you know, the art of war, you want to go and read this Song Tzu book. You don't want to read some guy interpreting the art of war. Um, yeah. I, I think a lot of, like, this Robert Greene stuff on the 48 Laws of Power is just, like, summaries of different, you know, or the 50th Law and stuff. But maybe that's even more accurate the 50s law because probably like 50 cent was pretty hardcore as a drug dealer i just I, yeah. what i don't like is a left wing you know sort of like coffee drinking beta male writing books about other alpha males that actually accomplished something and then like you know back on the back of that success publishing a new york top seller like that, I really dislike. Do you yeah, know me too. Me, yeah, me too. Me too. Because the the core the uh, uh, the core principles just don't get distilled. Um, or if they, yeah, yeah, it's very yeah. rare that you get you get the real essence of what was trying to be put across. Um, and I want to hear it from the guy who did it. Like I don't want to hear it. Like, I, yeah, I, I don't know if you if you read the Elon Musk biography, like. Yeah, it's kind of good, but it's kind of also not so good. It's it's not. Yeah, that I, 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 I I I couldn't agree more. I was as you were saying that I was. It's Ashley Vance, right? That one. Um, yeah, Ashley Vance. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I agree. I agree. I think it's 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 just too lossy, mm -hmm. right? It's like you're not getting the real information. I mean, but then at the same time, you got to be. I think you got to be also case by case because there's you know. If you write a book about yourself, how are you going to write it? You're also going to write it with bias, and you're going to want to make yourself look good and all this other stuff. So, like, it comes back to recommendations. I think. I think yeah, once these that, things are checked by enough people, like, that's you know. that's that's true. But like, if you want to hear a war story, I want to hear it from the guy who fought the war, not from the guy who was talking to the guy who once fought a war. Even if he's exaggerating, that's what I'm kind of trying to say. I mean, that's 
I, I agree. Like, yeah, of course. Like, I mean, if you have like a big-headed guy writing a book, but the problem is most of the guys that like write, most of the guys they, I mean, they they probably don't write, you know, because they don't they don't have the time. But I mean, Warren Buffett clearly was writing a lot because he understood like that you know writing is as as powerful as as reading. So that's why he used his annual statements to basically reflect. He didn't do it. He always he always you know like is like making an image of himself as being so shareholder focused. But he knew that that was good for himself. Yeah, the truth. The truth is different to what is portrayed. But yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, that that's some of the best content I ever read. I think when I first met you, that was the first thing you told me to read. I think that's you said go. Yeah, you said go yeah. read the partnership letters, and I remember typing into Google and finding like a PDF that had every letter, all of yeah. history. And it took me it took me probably a month or so to get through them. And then after I finished it, I was like, ah, okay, yeah, I see why now, because it just like distilled. You know everything he's read, he understands, he thinks like into yeah. as much as he tries to present himself to look at you know like in a good way. It's got I mean that stuff is that would be on the book recommendation list even though it's not a book. You know just go read all the annual letters of, annual, uh, of uh, <laughs> Warren Buffett from nineteen fifty four onwards. Yeah, so. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I mean, yeah. I I think the the main lesson, if you summarize it, is you need to make it a habit. Yeah, you need to make it a habit, and I think I think if you if you if you read enough and you read enough of these topics, you start to see patterns, and it becomes easier to learn, and it just makes you better. All this stuff because you start to you know see parallels, and it's the thing that you were talking about earlier with the mental models. You start to build those out. Um, so yeah. yeah. I think that's good. Um, and write. <laughs> and reading and writing is the same thing. Most people just say read a lot, but actually, for me, it's 50% is writing. I just learned that much later. Like, unfortunately. Yeah. But like, unfortunately. when you write, you really understand a lot. Yeah. So, uh, do you have. Uh, it can be any number you like. It can be three. It can be one. It can be five. Do you have any like recommendations? Things that really made a difference, or things that are still stuck in your head? Um, books. Things, I mean, books. I yeah. Um, I think innovators' dilemma is. I mean, if you're into like technology and stuff. I think the innovator's dilemma. I haven't read this other book I talked about earlier that Andreessen says is the other missing part. Like innovator's dilemma is basically micro, and then this other book is basically the macro view. But I have a feeling that it's not going to be so different from like the singularity is near. Um. So I think innovator's dilemma is very very good. Um, what else is very good? Uh, probably like Gary Keller's 
this the one thing. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And other than that, I think also it's a little bit tacky or something. But just because it was the first book that it really like influenced me as like rich dad poor dad. Um, yeah, I think it's very good. Rich dad poor dad. Yeah, I agree. I think I think I think making people think. I think all of any the the best books, the ones that I remember the most, are the ones that not necessarily I learned from. I learned the subject. It was that it changed the way that I thought about something. Yeah, um, there's some other books then, that I don't really want to get into that I read that, that did that for me, but uh, they're not they're not like subject of this podcast. So if I okay. think uh, um, life and business, I would say. Yeah, those ones. And often also they're like books that are like against um, against like public or general. Um, they're against like uh, the contrarian. Like, you know, you don't, uh, they're contrarian and like they say things, they see that they're like, they're like all of this thing different but better. Like, it's obviously clear that like education in the original sense is a bunch of bullshit and that it's not the most educated people that are the most successful people. It's, no, it's kind no, of obviously clear and it completely and totally resonated with me immediately at an age where I knew nothing, like 16 or something. You know, just that's Robert Kiyosaki's thing. And then, yeah. Yeah. I, I, anyway, sorry. You you're gonna say? No, I, I I you took some of those out of my mouth. I thought they were yeah they were really important. Um, Rich Dad Poor Dad was uh, one of the top ones for me. I think similar to that, but different in other ways is Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. It's not you know there's a lot of criticism about the book, but it's not about just the specifics in the book. It's about the ability to think in a different way and have a you know have a plan you know there's stuff in there that is a bit woo woo and you know you have to filter through it but like yeah the most of the population doesn't apply what's in this book and it's um yeah very very important i think uh the other ones the one thing i agree with that's still in my list actually uh the other ones that i thought had the biggest actually quite I wouldn't say a great book, like compared in general to most books, but that book we read earlier this year, Moonshots, um, the contents of the book uh, is not what's good about it. It was just the reaffirming how important it is to think, and it's probably similar to the subject in this book in abundance that you're reading right now, but just having that way of thinking where you open your mind up to possibilities because I just, you know, I, I, I think it's quite easy to just look at reality and base everything based on the current reality and physics instead of thinking forward and then working backwards. And although it's, we kind of know these subjects, it's just reading a, a whole book that's just about that really was, I don't know, opened up my mind and kind of unleashed some 
some things that were inside that I wasn't thinking about. So that that one was really good. Moonshots. Um, yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm. Yeah, there's there's another one which again is. It's just personal, I guess, but this 12 Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson. Um, yeah. Th- 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 there's a lot of fluff in there. There's a lot of stuff about Christianity because he's a Christian and he fills a lot of the rules with, you know, a, a, a basis in um, in religion, which actually, logically, when you read it, actually does make a lot of sense. It's not it's not a religious book, but it's just it just goes on too long. But the core tenets of the book, are really important and a lot of them come from stoicism but i think they're just a good way to live life because they kind of they they stop you from your own uh malevolence and negativity and you know doing the wrong things it kind of keeps you on the track um i think and yeah. uh I, I know it's it's a popular book so it kind of takes away from the uh the value of it a little bit but reading it myself i I got a lot of value from it. So that was another one. And um, the last one, which is a book I gave away, uh, including Troubles for Life, I gave away to someone, was Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink. And you don't need to read the book. It's just, you know, everything's your fault. And it's a really powerful thing. And again, it kind of is similar topics to Stoicism, but I think taking responsibility for everything just uh, – initially is scary but then long term you're happier because like like you always strive to be is honest with yourself right and then you have control and agency so just some some simple things but you know um important to reaffirm so there's there's this one thing or it's a long essay and it gets a bit annoying after a while but this ralph emerson self-reliance i think is really good as well Yeah, that's pretty good. I'm just uh, writing that down to go look. It sounds familiar. Maybe we've talked about it. I don't know. I don't Um, don't think I've read it. Um, I do think there's a book missing on like uh, on like uh, a proper mindset. Um, On I think. Yeah, I, 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 well, I don't do things. I, I haven't read it, and all of this abundance stuff is all good, and I, I read it, and I read it, and I like it, and it goes in the direction. But the real truth is that I think that the real truth, and that, that book is not, and it's just still a thought, but, but I, I think the real truth is that, you know, the things and I've seen it many times, the only thing that's between what we achieve or between us and what we want to achieve is our self-belief. And I know it sounds like esoteric and so on and so forth, but it's really true. Like It's like being very ruthless with what you want to achieve and then not giving up or not, not settling for anything below that and going after that. And it's not really clear in moonshots and it's not really clear in abundance, but it's like kind of really clear if you think about it, like the, like the four minute mile was this thing that humans couldn't run for the mile in four minutes for decades until one guy did it. And then like a month or two later, like 10 guys ran, ran a four minute mile, right? 
or like humans can't go to moon until like JFK set out the mission and then we did it. And like, um, like, or like, like no non-government institution can fly into space and then Elon Musk does it like yesterday. And like all these, you know, you can't do these things. Like that's really the, I think that's the human condition to like do the things that everybody else did and then not try something really ridiculous. Like, I think that's the, that's one of the main things or issues I still, I, I, and everybody's liable, you know, like to do incremental things. And I think, I think like it's too little in, in society to going for really like crazy things. And it's too easy to say, oh, I'm just going to do this incremental thing. And, and by the way, this goes, this goes in cycles. I think like we use, like uh, it goes in cycles for you as a person, but it also goes in cycles for civilization. Like we used to have crazy audacious goals, like curing cancer and flying to the moon and stuff. And then we went through this really boring phase of like, you know, we used to have Concorde airplanes and then, and then we didn't have them. And now our airplanes go as fast as 40 years ago. But then today, like, you know, Virgin Galactic shows their first airplane model that can go Mach 3. And then yesterday we're back, like, on the moon and back after a decade of not being able to do that in the U.S. And the same goes for you as a person. You set audacious goals and then you struggle and then you, like, achieve some and then you go back to, like, you know, doing, like, more mundane things until... Until you get fed up again and you try harder again and then you break through again. And like on a personal level, that's like different thoughts, but like on a civilization level, those are like agents like Elon Musk or Pala Hapatia or like people like that that really try crazy things. And it goes in cycles, you know, you don't always go smoothly up crazier, crazier, crazier. It's kind of like you break through and then you regress or you level out and then you need to remind yourself oh no fuck that we need to do great greater things i think we're on we're on our path civilization and society wise to going into a stage where we will achieve like a lot of amazing things after like decades of not having done that because of people like teal and musk and palapatia and brand what's his name richard branson whatever his name is virgin galactic and all these guys I think that's that book is missing. I think for myself. Um, yeah, I, I I agree. I think it is, and I think it's really important um, to get that out into the world because that's a that's a that's a positive mind virus that needs to get into everyone's heads because it's very easy to 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 go ah and relax. And you know we're we're gonna die. We're all gonna die in a hundred years. We're all gonna be gone. So like, what's yeah? No, I, I I couldn't agree more. And I also think like our entire system is built on growth. I think Peter Thiel talks about this many many times. But if you look at all societies, like they only actually work when there's growth over time. And kind of I can't remember the number he came up with. I think it was three to four percent GDP. But that's obviously affected by innovation and everything underneath it. But um, without that, like civilization just starts to decay and break down and you get income inequality and you get all these like side effects and 
he talks about it a lot and obviously he's been screaming that there hasn't been innovation for a long time and everyone called him crazy but now looking at it you see the things musk has done and he's actually was completely right there wasn't innovation and there was just loads of apps being built and yeah you know, uh I, I yeah i could i could i could not agree more um, i think that's I think the that main is, that's the main thing i think that you need to like rem- like uh, maybe not everybody can do it but you need to in your space remind yourself that i you ain't shit do- <laughs> huh Sorry? <laughs> that you ain't sh- you ain't shit. <laughs> no, yeah, that, that that you that you need to aim very very high. Like it needs to be not incremental. Like it's not good enough just to say, oh, I'm gonna like do this little like deal sourcer app, and I'm gonna do this little deal sourcer marketplace and this little colorizer and restorator here and there. That's not good enough. That's just not good enough. No. I mean, it's no, a, it's it's, it's, a, it's a it's a waste. It's a complete waste. Yeah, you need to like take something that's like ridiculously like a precedent, like uh, superlatives and precedents. And when you so, when you go after those things, you need to do something that you personally think like is. I mean, it's ridiculous if I do that. Like, if you don't do that, then you're just doing incremental things all life long. I, I, for me, that's the. That's the biggest lesson and the biggest fear because you can like come out at the other end and say, I did a bunch of really incremental things. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I know on, it's a, on, on, yeah, anyway, it's on, a different on, uh, No, no, on, the, on that note, let's finish it. That was a mic drop moment. So, uh, okay. Uh, I'm, I'm not even going to read a quote for this week. No quote? Okay. No, I have a quote, but I think what you said is is everything. So let's leave it on that. Uh, let that marinate. Yep. Okay. <laughs> meditate on that one. <laughs> uh, meditate on that one. Um, we'll talk to you next time. Okay. Talk to you later. See you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.